Live from the Business Radio X studio inside Renaissance Bank, the bank that specializes in understanding you. It's time for North Fulton Business Radio. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of North Fulton Business Radio. I'm John Ray, and we are broadcasting from inside Renaissance Bank in beautiful Alpharetta. And if you are looking for a bank that is so highly rated by their customers that they have won multiple awards from national organizations like Time Magazine's Money.com and Forbes, well, I'm sitting in that bank, Renaissance Bank. Um, they've won Best Bank in, the, in Georgia, Best Bank in the Southeast, Best Bank in the United States, actually, even, um, in these surveys. And so if you want to know why they've made such a difference in the lives of their customers, um, I've certainly found it out myself. Uh, go to renaissancebank.com and find one of their local offices and give them a call. And I think you'll be glad you did. Renaissance Bank, understanding you, member FDIC. And now I want to welcome Tara Heaton. Tara is with On Point Communication. Tara, welcome. Thanks so much for having me, John. Yeah, it's great to have you. So let's talk about you and how you're serving folks out there. How are you serving folks at On Point Communication? Well, it's just exactly as it sounds. On Point Communication helps people to communicate more effectively. And I have a platform called Talk to the Brain. And everything that I teach and coach is founded in neuroscience, which I've been studying now for over 18 years. So I share a little bit of the science, and then we go deep into story. So Mm. I'm helping speakers, leaders, salespeople, teams to communicate more authentically Mm. and to understand how to communicate so that their message lands more compelling, more memorable, and helps them to get the results they desire. Wow. Uh, So what is it that we're missing in, I know this is a big question and we could go on a long time on your answer, but what are we missing with communication that neuroscience helps us solve, that knowledge of neuroscience helps us solve? Oh, wow. That's a great question. And there's, I think, several components to that. But I think I will switch it around and think how I'm helping people and why the science proves that. Um, And I'll start with stories because everybody knows that there's so much power. And most people know that stories, there's scientific proof about why they help us to remember and how they touch us. People don't see that a story is a moment in time. It's a transformational moment in time. It is different than a journey. So you and I, John, our life is decorated with hundreds of stories. And when we learn to tell those in a compelling way, it shoots up dopamine in the minds of the listeners. And today we are more addicted to dopamine than ever before. When we learn to tell a compelling story, it shoots up that dopamine, which pleasures the brain. It also, when we use a vulnerable story that shares a relatable emotion, It fires up our serotonin and oxytocin in the mind of the listener. Mm. That builds trust. Mm -hmm. That builds connection. And when people learn this and they experience examples of it, it automatically improves their confidence and their their ability to communicate more effectively. Oh, wow. There's a lot to that I want to get to. But but before we dive deeper there, let's talk about your journey because you've got some specific um, aspects to your journey that led you into this 
this interest in neuroscience and how it affects communications. Absolutely. And I, I would uh, be remiss if I didn't share this part of my story because I forever will. Um, I've always been an analytical minded person. I'll sit out. I will analyze our conversation. I can assure you <laughs> and ask myself how I could have done better, what went right, what could have been improved. And I've always been that way. I was a sales leader. I was running a sales team, had a very successful business. I'd had built success really from pretty much nothing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so to speak, three healthy children, a beautiful marriage, you know, as they say, living the dream. Sure. And my middle daughter uh, was 12 at the time that everything changed for us. She contracted a virus that is still documented, interestingly, as a virus of unknown etiology. Hmm. The virus traveled to her brain, caused her to have something called encephalitis, which is simply inflammation of the brain. She went into a coma, and when she came out of the coma, she couldn't hold a hairbrush. She didn't know who we were. She couldn't walk. But interesting, I mean, it was considered a traumatic brain injury. She could talk. So through much, much, much therapy, she relearned to do pretty much everything. And her, some of her, most of her memory came back. And we thought the worst is behind us. You know, our prayers have been answered and Caroline's going to be okay. But the encephalitis left her with epilepsy. And so I became, as you might imagine, as any mother would, her warrior, and I started searching for ways to stop these seizures. Most people with epilepsy, their seizures are controlled with medication. And so, but the medication has terrible side effects. So about a year into this journey, I sat with her neurologist and I was at Emory Clinic. I'll never forget this. And I said, Dr. Weissman, look at my little girl. And she looked over at Caroline, and she was looking down, shoulders slumped, looking down at her untied little Converse tennis shoe. Mm. And I said, she was energetic. She was social. She was athletic. This is our Caroline today. Can we please just take her off these drugs and try to manage the seizures? And Dr. Weissman said no, because Caroline's seizures travel right through her hippocampus, and with every seizure, her brain's being damaged. Mm. And that day, John sent me on a journey of just being obsessed with understanding the brain, what was going on with her mind, how I could help her. And I continued to literally travel the country over looking for answers. Mm. And I'm sorry to say that um, those seizures have never, ever stopped. And today, Caroline is very, very cognitively challenged due to just years and years of seizures. Mm -hmm. Um, But the study just started to inform my work. Mm Mm-hmm. And as I was running across the country, learning, investigating, trying any type of therapy, natural or not, I continued to learn about specifically neurotransmitters, how we remember, what sparks our attention, our imagination. And it started to inform my work as a sales leader and as a speaker and as someone who provided a lot of workshops. Yeah. Wow. So you really took what you learned there and applied it in a sales context because that was your um legacy business right that's right that's it. that's right but you've really expanded it beyond just uh its application to sales teams oh yes absolutely as a matter of fact um i do i do help and coach sales people but the work is so very much focused on building an authentic voice And what that means is I help people to make better connections. And that might be from a stage as a speaker, uh, but it really helps teams to better connect and better tell stories 
that relate to their specific business. They get to experience the thrill of sharing vulnerable stories, how to do that, and how it builds trust and connection, which helps teams. Yeah, for sure. Tara Heaton is with us, folks. She is with On Point Communication, her own firm. Tara, you mentioned storytelling. You mentioned that um, that's pretty well known, the power of stories, and I couldn't agree more. So we, we maybe we can walk past that to some of the other principles that you really became solid beliefs for you in terms of what you take to your clients today out of all this study that you did? Well, I, I, the reason I will say the reason I continue to focus on story is because that seems to be the most popular <laughs> of, of the workshops. Sure. And people continue to come to me and say, you know, I want to teach my team to tell better stories. And these aren't sales teams. These are folks who are in negotiations these are folks who just simply are communicating with customers, customer mm-hmm. service on the phone. We overthink story. And so uh, that's why it's become such, I think, a popular, a really popular workshop. Um, but I also help speakers. Well, let's stop there just a second, if you don't mind, because that, that's very interesting what you just said. We overthink story. Say more on that. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, thank you. Okay. Um, <laughs> Uh, well, the, say I was going to walk right past storytelling, but you th- now you maybe want to dig into it. So let's do that. Absolutely. So I'll I'll tell you a story to explain it. Okay, <laughs> appropriately enough. Absolutely. I had a client uh, who came to me, and she wanted to get a new. She was looking for a new job, and she's quite successful and really really strong in her field. Um, but she said, "I hear you're a great storyteller," and. I understand that telling powerful stories in an, in an interview could really help me. But, and here's what she, what so many people say to me. She said, I don't think I really have any stories. Mm. And after about an hour long, what I'll call a discovery session with her, we uncovered unbelievable beauty that decorated her life. Some challenges, some trials, some successes, some wins, and each one of those are little, small, individual stories that make a point that cause people to remember the point that we're trying to make. So people tend to think, I, my personal story, what I've been through with my children and my family is quite tragic, and when people hear it, they think, wow, I don't have a story. Mm-hmm. We all have stories. right? And we become... As natural storytellers, we start to become very sensitive to the fact that we are creating new stories every day through every experience. And so when we can share our experiences, things that we've been through or things that we've witnessed so that it matters to the listener, so that it makes the listener the hero of that story and not ourselves, it helps us to get better results. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that right there at the end because sometimes – we hear stories that seem like they're more about, um, I'll call them therapy in public, <laughs> uh, you know, right, where people are really kind of working out their own issue as opposed to telling a story for the purpose of reaching other people. Does that make sense? Oh, yes, yeah, so much. As a matter of fact, somebody asked me recently when I was referencing, I said, who is the hero of your story? Mm-hmm. And she said, well, I am. And I said, if you're telling it to anyone it's they're the hero. Mm. They relate to what you're sharing. You share relatable emotions. 
that people can relate to that inspires them through your vulnerable story. So if we just share a winning moment in our lives without sharing the strife and the struggle and the insecurity that we faced, it will not be nearly as memorable as if we share the vulnerable side of it, because that's where people relate and they think, wow, if he or she could overcome that, I too can do the same. Wow. So how do we um, tell stories and get out of our own way? I guess this might be the way to, way to put it. How do we know that we're um, really putting the listener in the, in the middle? Because we're, this is a human thing, right? We're all self-absorbed. We're all, we all um, operate from our own perspectives, and so how do we communicate in such a way that brings that listener in to the story we tell? Well, a lot of the answer to that is timing. So so when is it appropriate to tell a story and what exactly defines a story? So I, I have a framework for stories that mm-hmm. I share with my clients and we go through. And that's a lot, a lot of times that's better applied when you're really preparing for a speech or a, a very important sales presentation. But to become a natural storyteller, and I'll give you a a recent example of just sharing stories when the timing is right. And that's when the last thing I would want people to do is to have practiced and scripted a story. I had a gentleman that um, works closely with me. He came to me recently, and he said, "Uh, I'm supposed to be at this conference on Monday. And he said, I think I need to go to leadership and tell him I can't go. And I said, why is that? And he said, I've been gone all week. You know, we have three children. My wife's pulling her hair out. I mean, dad hadn't been here. And I want to go to them and just say, can you send somebody else to this conference? But I'm really stressed about it. What do you think? What do you think I ought to do? And I said, Mark, may I share something with you? And he said, absolutely. And I said, years ago, I remember coming home late one evening and going upstairs to kiss my daughter, Caroline, goodnight. She was about seven years old. I walked up the stairs, kissed her goodnight. She sat up in her bed. She was a dainty little girl and sat up in her little pink pajamas. And she said, oh, mom, tomorrow night, I want you to help me fix my hair. And I want you to help me with my costume because Friday's the play. Mm. And I said, oh, Caroline, I'm not going to be here tomorrow night. I have to work again. And I was working for a company at the time called Herf Jones. And she sat up and she pulled her little tiny fist back and she punched her pillow. And she said, I hate Herf Jones. I hate it. And she punched her pillow again. And every time I think about that story, I feel a punch in my gut. Mm. I didn't give Mark any advice. I didn't tell him what I thought he ought to do. I just shared something painful from my past, something that I regret. And he had his answer. Mm. that's the power of story. We also built some trust that day, as you might imagine. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, so you teach in your workshops, you teach not, you mentioned the kind of story you tell, but when you tell the story, talk about the timing angle of there. Well, one of my favorite uh, examples of when to share a story is when someone asks you for advice. It's so easy to say, here's what I think you should do. But if you share with them a time when you faced a similar struggle, it's unforgettable. The power of that is so, so, so very different. 
Uh, also, uh, many times I'm helping people with stories when they're in negotiations or present, you know, small presentations within a company, like our team has to share their idea. And it's so easy to get bogged down in the data. Mm. And we need data. Mm-hmm. We need statistics. But we need a story that brings that to life. Right. So that's helping people to imagine not a journey, not a long, this happened and then this happened, not that. There was a transformational moment in time, that kind of that tipping point that helps to bring our data to life. I call it story with stats. So there's a way to gain the results that you're after by using data and bringing it to life with story. Mm. Wow. Great, great words from Tara Heaton, folks, with on point communication. So, Tara, what, what you mentioned storytelling, we've talked about that. What are some of the other aspects of communication that this journey through neuroscience has led you to? Well, um, wow, I don't even know where to begin, but, um, you know, I mentioned dopamine Mm -hmm. and our, our society today is more addicted to dopamine than ever before. So I'll give a quick tip on dopamine. Because we know that our listeners are addicted to dopamine, what that means is people are going to become more distracted than they used to be. People can't follow us. So we've got to lead our conversations, our speeches with something that's highly unpredictable and unusual because that grabs people. The other thing people, a lot of people don't really know about dopamine is it's not pure just pleasure. Dopamine is that feeling of anticipation. It's like it's why we're addicted to video games and social media and things that make us want more and more. So if we know that our listeners are searching for something, they're in anticipation at the beginning of a speech, what we need to do is kind of dangle a carrot. Tell folks at the end, I'm going to share, boom, this big gold nugget that keeps people attentive. I'll give one other neuroscience tip, and then I won't continue on with all of them. But I'll give another fun one that people, it really helps people in their communication, and it is the understanding of serotonin. Okay. And serotonin is the feeling we get when we feel confident and proud, and we feel seen, and we feel validated. So this especially applies in speaking to audiences and in sales presentations. We need to make sure that our audience feels understood and seen. Well, how do we do that? In a conversation, we can certainly ask those questions. But there are also always assumed objections. And people tend to hide from assumed objections. Whereas I say, we need to uncover them and say to people, I know how you might feel. You must be thinking that and then fill in the bank blank. And that always, always helps me. to. I can visually see an audience lean in. When I tell them, I find a way to say to them, I understand. And someone asked me once, they said, well, if we're in a sales setting, why would I want to agree with what someone is thinking if I'm trying to sell them something? And I believe, John, in being always honest and authentic. And the answer to that is this. We may not agree. Agreeing and validating someone's perspective are two completely different things. We need to seek to understand people with a curious mind, look for wonder, understand why they think the way that they do. If Mm. we could take this into our political conversations in Mm. this country, can you imagine how much softer and safer and what might come out of those if we weren't looking to be right, we were looking to understand the other person? Right. That builds serotonin, which builds connection and makes people want more of us. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Because we tend to flatten people out, right? I mean, and, and create a, take that three or four dimensional person, I'll say that, and turn them into one dimension, right? They're a cartoon character. Yeah. That, that then therefore we can, uh, project our own feelings on, onto that character. We caricature we've drawn. Absolutely. So Tara, I love that point. It makes a lot of sense, but you know, the political, when you bring in the political, um, I'm thinking everybody gets that, but we tend to do that to people that are close to us. Right. So, I mean, this is in our, in our lives and in the business world, uh, in our families, that kind of thing. Right. And that may be, maybe the unrecognized part of what we often do. Right. Yes, very much. So we, we, and I talk about this a lot on the daily huddle where I'm a Wednesday host. We Uh talk a lot about relationships and how much we want to strive to be right and to be heard and to get our way. Mm -hmm. And for me, when I, when I find myself communicating in that manner, I know what's driving it. It's ego, which causes us to lead with, no, it's, it's insecurity, which causes us to lead with ego. Mm. When we, when someone touches a nerve, we find ourselves in a space where we might feel insecure about any number of topics. We all have insecurities. And when we allow ourselves to lean into those and go into that imposter syndrome state, Mm -hmm. that's when we forget to listen, to remain in a sense of wonder and awe and curiosity. And we want people to hear us. Yeah, for sure. So how do you, uh, I want to switch gears and talk about how you work with people now. So you, you talked about your previous work in, with sales teams. You still do some of that work, but you just mentioned relationships. That's an entirely different matter, right? So talk about some of the types of clients that you work with. Do you work with groups one-on-one? So I provide uh, workshops where I have people from different industries to come, but when I, I Really, probably my sweet spot right now is working with small to medium-sized businesses who Mm -hmm. are growing fast, Mm -hmm. and they want to nurture their team. Mm. They want to help them to grow their confidence and their ability to find their voice, tell their own stories, and really build on an authentic voice that makes them feel empowered and comfortable. So that helps culture, which is relationships, right? Mm -hmm. What, What defines culture in any company? It's the relationships. It is the environment. So I work with small teams to elevate that. And then I still, I, I love still working with speakers. Mm-hmm. I just, um, most recently, I helped a, a pretty well-known speaker with a talk she was giving. And we worked so hard on her stories. We crafted every word. She rehearsed it and rehearsed it. And as a matter of fact, she said, you know what? I think I might read this. I just don't want to miss a word. And she she knew it quite well, so she wasn't staring down, but she chose to read the speech. And she called me and she said, first standing ovation of my life. So that's, oh, wow. that's great joy for me Yeah, uh, to help speakers. So I do speakers and uh, salespeople, small teams, the woman I just mentioned, anyone who's trying to communicate more effectively. But teamwork, building relationships, helping folks to tell better stories and find a confident voice. That's the sweet spot right now. You, I'm just curious about um, 
the bottom line of all this, let's talk about the value that comes out of doing the work that you lead people through and what they get out of that. That is maybe they don't recognize when they hear you talk about what you, what you're able to do. Thank you for asking that. It actually makes me light up because you could take neuroscience, John, and all that I've learned about the brain and you could use it to manipulate in a sales setting. And the purpose of my work is the opposite of that. Mm. The purpose of my work is so that we can, if, if I understand your mind, that gives me the ability to honor you, to get to know you, to connect with you. And when we make deeper connections with people, for me, I think that's the greatest gift that we have at our disposal. Mm. So the bottom line, the truest value of my work is that it helps people to grow their confidence in building relationships. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, that applies to business, but it goes home. It goes into friendships. It goes into family. Right. So when we feel more confident in being able to articulate our heart and our experiences, that's the, that's the bottom line value of my work. Yeah, that's terrific. So, Tara, you, you've talked about how this journey that you've been on with your daughter, all the research you've done, all the um, reading and, and uh, insights that you've had over time, the clients you've worked with has, has really saved your spirit. Oh, yes. And, and I didn't realize it probably until maybe just several years into the work. It was always focused on communication, but you know, uh, my family went through a lot of trauma. It started with Caroline's illness, but it absolutely did not, did not stop there. Mm -hmm. I have three children who've all suffered as a result of a family just living in what felt like constant trauma, watching someone's brain deteriorate, watching her be bullied, watch her to continue to crash down, mm. her mom falling apart in tears. And just, it was, it was, it was not a safe space, our home for a long, long time. Mm. And I look back and I've, I've learned more than just using what I've studied to apply to communication. It applies to our habits and how, and our self-talk. And when I understand why my body might be low on serotonin or dopamine or need oxytocin, I know what to do about it. I know that I don't have to go to, to find some sort of addictive habit that's not healthy to help me. Mm. And so I've really taken the science and I've, I've applied it to life habits and to how I spend my time, how I communicate with people, which truly, truly has saved my soul. Because here's what I know. The way our brain functions and all of the things that it is able to synthesize, a lot of it starting, interestingly, from our gut, all of that is energy. And that energy, we have the ability to repurpose and, and, and take it out into the world in any way that we want to. The last two days before I came here with you today, mm-hmm. I've been sitting in the hospital mm. with two people in my family who are ill. Mm. And... Maybe without my study, I would have called you and I said, I, I just, I don't have it in me today. Yeah. But I tell you what I know, that I could take all of that tr- struggle, all the pain that I've faced over the past two days, and I can repurpose that into love. Mm. And I can share it out in such a way that touches other people. And I've continued to do that over and over again throughout my life. 
And that's because of my study and my sweet Caroline. Wow. What a beautiful story. Thank you for all that. Thank you for sharing that. What great work. Uh, Tara Heaton with On Point Communication. Uh, Tara, I'd be remiss, I think, at this point if I didn't ask. You've talked about your own story, your own journey, but maybe you could share a success story of someone you've worked with. You mentioned um, a couple around storytelling, but but uh, maybe share one more. Someone who's had real transformation in their lives, in their work, because of uh, your intervention. Well, let's see. Um, one, one comes to mind, a very simple one, is that I helped someone to craft a TED Talk proposal, and it was accepted. So that, the, was, that was very exciting. That's a good one. And I, um, so uh, several speaker stories. I mean, that's beautiful work. I also write for people. Um, I, I write for some artists and help people to tell their story on their about page. And that uh, is just so rewarding. Mm-hmm. People realize that we all have beautiful stories to tell. Um, and then I worked with a, a small business recently. And as a matter of fact, I just heard from their manager re- recently. And she's like, you, you, you cannot believe how my team is transformed. And that's mm. so touching. She said, I knew that we needed to build trust and connection and I was trying to force it. And she said, now they're going after it. And I just sit back and I'm a part of it. And you know what that says to me, John, that people are enjoying their work more because of my work and nothing can make me more happy. That's wonderful. So Tara, I know you also do, I want to get this in. You also do some um, public speaking keynotes. Talk about the kind of groups that would benefit from having you, in to speak. Oh, thank you. Yes. As a matter of fact, um, I'm really trying to elevate this aspect of my work because each time I provide a keynote, um, I'll have people to call me weeks and months later and tell me that they're still referencing the talk. So I just have finally said to myself, you know what, Tara, you better get out there and do more of this. Mm -hmm. So I really have two tracks when it comes to speaking. And one is very inspirational. One is I go a lot deeper into the story of our family which does not stop with just Caroline. It also goes into um, my son who was highly addicted to dopamine and adrenaline and what that has uh, caused in his life and how he's come out of it. So there's a, there's a certainly an inspirational talk that I give Mm -hmm. and that is to any team or any organization that says we want to hear a story about suffering and triumph. And Mm -hmm. I'm pretty raw and open about it. Um, And then also, I give many talk to the brain talks, and those are to help people to communicate more clearly with better strategy and absolutely more authentically, helping them to get better results within relationships, within sales, and within speaking. Wow. Terrific work. Tara Heaton, folks, with On Point Communication. This has been terrific, Tara. I wish we could keep going, but we got to let you get back to uh, your work and uh, what you do for others. So, but before we let you go, let's give directions on how folks can find you. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. I'm kind of weak on social media, I will say, but the best place to find me is just to go to my website. And the easiest way to do that is to go to talktothebrain.net, and that will roll over into On Point Global. So again, I'm on Facebook, Tara Caldwell Heaton. I'm certainly on LinkedIn, Tara mm-hmm. Heaton, but easiest way, talktothebrain.net. And a little pop-up box will come and we can be in touch. That's terrific. Tara Heaton, folks, with On Point Communication. Tara, thank you so much for coming in. It's been a joy, John. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hey, folks, just a quick 
thought for you. If you've got administrative tasks or bookkeeping or other marketing issues, maybe presentations that need to be done uh, that are weighing you down and you're not able to spend time with your clients and with your prospective clients, I've got a suggestion for you. Office Angels, SES Cabido has a whole team of angels that do fantastic work. I know this myself because I use their services. Uh, They fly in, get the job done, and then they fly out, and they do it on an ongoing or as-needed basis, depending on your project and your need. So give Essie a call, 770-442-9246. Tell her I sent you, or go to officeangels.us to learn more. Uh, but I think you'll be glad you did. And Essie's been around since 2000 with this business. So she's well-established and does great work. And again, I use her services. So if, if uh, you'll, be, you'll be glad that you entrusted your business to her. And folks, just a quick reminder, North Fulton Business Radio, we're coming up on our seventh year anniversary. We've been around for seven years, and we're excited about that. And we've been gotten over 600 shows and the reason we've been around this long is because of your support we are grateful for you because what you have done is continue to share the show with others that you think might be interested in particular guests i can't imagine you haven't heard some reason to share this show with someone else that you um who needs to hear the message that tara has given but you've done that on all uh, all our shows and we're excited about that, and we're excited about your support, and you make us keep going. So we're as the voice of business in North Fulton. So thank you, thank you, thank you for that support. We are grateful. So for my guest, Tara Heaton, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on North Fulton Business Radio.